0: Today, we are in for a special treat. This is, uh, we've been talking about, and I'll tell you how this came about. I've got uh, my friend and retired General Superintendent uh, Jerry Porter's here, and I, I was, um, we were talking one day, and I said, you know, with, with all of this stuff, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and um, it just so happens that his travel schedule was uh, quickly reduced, so maybe he could come and sit in, and we could um, just have a chat, really, and that's the point of this morning on the holy spirit on holiness and what that means for us so dr porter or thanks
1: Jerry, uh, thanks cal it's a delight to be with you i'm wearing the mask just because actually i look better this way than my face i'm i've been called ugly so <laughs> this is great for me i can go anywhere and I, I don't frighten people anymore but actually it's just a way of expressing the love that god has for us when he sent jesus and the the love that jesus had when he sent the holy spirit and because of that this represents love because uh, if i don't get infected then my wife won't get infected she had right. pneumonia twice in the last two years wow. my my kids my grandsons it's just a way of expressing love and so uh thanks cal for the care you're giving to to your church and to your people to our church and uh, may god help us to be safe i'm i'm thinking now of our field strategy coordinator where we're serving as missionaries He's uh, got the virus and his wife has maybe started to have the virus and so i'm praying for their recovery a father of uh, in the school my children go to school it has the virus and we're praying for his recovery and he's not doing very well so it's a it's a frightening time which is perfect for the message today because it's the Holy Spirit comes to give us encouragement and healing and strength
0: yeah that's right and uh, <clears throat> we just want to thank you for being here this has been an incredible uh, really it's, it's incredible how quickly things change for us because yeah. We were just uh, right. having a great time, living life. You're traveling the world, you know. Um, as per what you have going on, I think you were scheduled to be somewhere uh, northeast to do a faith promise or something, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And then all those things just immediately got canceled, and um, here we are, <laughs> able to have this conversation. So thanks, Kel. Yeah, it's um, you know one of the things that um, I've we've been talking about is the Holy Spirit, and just to those of you who are joining us new today, I want to let you know that um, God really laid on my heart to, um, thank you, God really laid on my heart to begin this year by uh, focusing on the Holy Spirit and it it was such a um, a strange way that he did that to me because usually I have an idea and I'm going this direction and I don't know that this series of messages is going to be for six weeks or whatever. And um, I said, well, God, how long should I keep doing this? And he said, um, until I tell you to stop. <laughs> so we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, really getting Amen. to know who he is and uh, what he's done for us and um, just his magnificence and as a comforter and all of those things. And I, I really wanted to uh, take the opportunity um, to press in a little bit to uh, Dr. Porter, and uh, he he wants me to call him Jerry. In fact, please, so please. I'll do that. Um, but he he wants us to uh, to really press into him and get to know him. and And I wanted to invite Dr. Jerry, excuse me, to come in and just uh, with his experience um, and. Those things that i don't and uh, maybe some of the questions that i've been asked and i've been trying to answer through these uh, is what we're going to talk about today so uh, we're going to turn our attention to that and so what i did was i gave a series of questions that um, we're going to be talking about and i'm trying to get to the the beginning of it here but um, the first question is i lost it here who is the holy spirit that's right. We're going to start with, with uh, something simple, and this is what we've been talking about here. But, um, so who the Holy Spirit is as part of our uh, greater um, Christian brotherhood? It, maybe you can speak to that a little bit.
1: Well, obviously, um, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, uh, this, but it's the Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus, and um, if you look at Jesus— you can understand God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Without Jesus, it's kind of a fog. Is God the Father moody or vindictive or evil or angry? No. Look in the face of Jesus and you'll see what God the Father is like. And what's the Holy Spirit like or the Holy Ghost, you know, that kind of scares you? No. The Holy Spirit's content and character is is clearly visible in the face of Jesus. Someone said that the Father is like uh, the, uh, the researcher who goes and uh, finds... The cure an antidote for a virus the Jesus is the one the lab technician who on the cross with his own blood prepares the antivirus the, the antidote. and then the Holy Spirit is that that loving nurse that comes and injects me and gives me the virus that delivers me from sin and from death it's the Holy Spirit that communicates God's unconditional love for us and in Romans 8, twi- 8 16, we read the spirit you received Brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, "Abba, Father." The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So it's it's the Holy Spirit that comforts us during coronavirus, assuring us that He loves us and we are God's children, and that we're never alone.
0: Yeah, well, and uh, we did talk at length about the Trinity and how can we understand the Trinity. And He's so, um, I guess. It's uh, something we take by faith, but I um, appreciate that. So I'm curious in, in your experience and uh, as a general superintendent for the Church of the Nazarene, you had opportunity to travel you know, all across the world and, and you've met people and you have uh, friends that I, I know span across uh, outside of the boundaries of the United States. So I, I want to ask, in what ways have you seen the Holy Spirit move in your life and, and in those around you?
1: Well, the Holy Spirit, first of all, with love, reaches out to us way before we ever reach out for God. The Holy Spirit's pursuing us and chasing us, and the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin and then shows us the pathway to be born again, to receive Christ as our Savior. The Holy Spirit is the one that uh, then uh, fills us with Himself. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's all about grace, and it's all about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came on certain persons for specific assignments for a period of time, like the spirit of God came on a prophet and he prophesied, or the spirit of God came on Samson, he had a he waged the battle, uh, and then the spirit would retreat. So it was temporary, Holy Spirit presence in the life of one person for an assignment and then retreat. Um, but then, of course, we have the the good news of the promise of God that I that uh, that uh, Joel gives us. Where God promised, I will pour out my spirit on all people, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And then, of course, that prophecy was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 in the upper room on the day of Pentecost.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that in the Old Testament, we don't think about this very often because we don't know life without the Holy Spirit having been poured out on all of us right but in the Old Testament before Jesus it was just in specific instances for a specific reason
1: and what happens to me if I am filled with the Spirit if we look at Acts chapter 2 there were three miracles that accompanied the dispensation of the Holy Spirit in other words what happened to the people there first of all there was a mighty wind then there were tongues of fire and then they spoke other languages what do these represent and what happens to me if i'm filled with the spirit well the mighty wind was the fulfillment of acts chapter one verse eight you'll receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses so it's power to witness and we need that in the church cal all of us need power and courage to be winsome witnesses for jesus then the tongues of fire that represents cleansing purity 120 people 120 tongues of fire and the the fire was the fulfillment of that scripture that God wants to purify our hearts in fact Peter when he was testifying to the uh, Jerusalem council about what happened in the house of Cornelius with those Greek believers he said that God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them those Greeks those Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us the Jews in the upper room and he didn't he didn't discriminate between us and them he purified their hearts by faith So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, I believe that He wants to cleanse us from sin and from that sin nature and from the rebellion. And third, then you have those languages. They began to speak languages. Now, the Jews considered Gentiles as dogs, and they only had the right to to worship God using God's language, which was the Jewish language. But here God, on the day of Pentecost, forced Jews to worship Him in dog languages. Why? Because He was trying to break down that racial prejudice, that racism, so that the gospel would go to all cultures, all people everywhere, because Christ is the Messiah for all of us. So if I'm truly spirit-filled, I will have power to witness. I don't pray for people to have a, the wind to blow off the ceiling of the church here. I pray for people to have power of, the, of, of witnessing. And personal purity, we don't, we don't need fire on your forehead. We, what we do need is personal purity in our hearts. And missionary passion, we don't need to speak Japanese perhaps today, but what we do need is to have a heart that is more than just a... Uh, a person that loves my culture, my language, my people, but that I have love for all people everywhere, and that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives.
0: So the representation of wind and fire that they had a, a specific reason that that we saw or that we saw them then. Not that they couldn't happen today, but it's more of what they represent for us.
1: And it is it's for us then to seek not that that wind, but to seek power to witness and don't seek fire but seek heart purity and and don't seek to speak arabic though i wish i could speak arabic (laughs) but uh
0: but by the grace of god have missionary passion for all people yeah that's awesome okay so we talked about your travels a little bit um how is the holy spirit this is i'm curious for me how's the holy spirit perceived differently in other cultures
1: well, there are a lot of people that have no knowledge at all of the Holy Spirit. Um, we're serving in a Muslim country, and they, they accuse us of worshiping three gods. And uh, they say, You worship God the Father, God the Son, and God the Virgin Mary. <laughs> because of all the Catholic influence in this region in the past, they think that we're, those are the, that's the Trinity for us. They don't know nothing about the Holy Spirit. Sure. And, um, and they insist, of course, that they worship God as opposed to us worshiping Mary and then in other parts of the world you have people that will say that these strange manifestations are what will happen to you if you're filled with the spirit Uh, if someone says jerry we want you to come to our church but don't bring your wife tony because and i say well what do you mean well just don't bring your wife we want you to come but not your wife i say well well i have no idea what you're talking about but if you're worried uh, my wife tony is a person of grace and love and faith and if you're worried about someone it must be some other tony if someone says to me, when you're filled with the Spirit, you'll do this and this and such and such, but Jesus never did those things, then I have to say, now, wait a minute. Maybe that's a different Spirit. If, I'm the, if the Holy Spirit fills me, I will become more like Jesus. And the purpose for being Spirit-filled is to become more like Christ.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I was curious about that. People in other countries don't, especially, I guess, with some of the, the heavy Catholic influence, they don't understand the Trinity, and then they don't understand the Holy Spirit as part of the Trinity.
1: In fact, you ask most people in the Muslim areas. They have no idea that, about the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the questions that I get asked most often, and I wonder if it would be the same for you, but um, people say, I'm, I'm, I want to be sanctified. I want to live this holy life. I, I, and Paul speaks of this in Romans 7 and 8. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to do right. I want to do good. But right. I can't help but do bad. What is that? What am I? I'm trying to get closer to God.
1: Uh, the illustration on the screen um, was actually developed by Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. And he said there are basically three kind of people. First is the person who is without Christ, and you can see that self is on the throne of my life, and Christ is outside. But then he says there are born-again believers who have professed faith in Christ, but self is still on the throne. Christ is in my life, but not on the throne of my life. And the third person that Bill Bright talked about is the one who has placed and allowed christ to be on the throne of their heart and the, the lord of their life it's a spirit-filled believer and i think one of the ways to overcome uh the temptation of course is to is to let jesus be fully lord of my life and, and move to that level and then in this uh, in this life as spirit-filled believers it, it doesn't matter how spirit-filled i am i'm still going to be tempted jesus christ was tempted so all of us are tempted cal and um so when, when we are in this reality of temptation, we have to put on the full armor of God. It, it's a spiritual battle. Uh, the devil is a like a roaring lion, the Bible says, seeking to devour. But then we have the good word of fr- from, from Paul that there's no temptations ever overcome you that is not common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out for you to, to escape, to endure it. And so the good news is that yes sometimes i fail sometimes i fall sometimes i falter but i um but i want to uh to just ask god to help me to get up again confess and, and keep on going i'm not a slave to sin and it's not enough just to experience pentecost one time i need to be continually filled with the holy spirit um, someone has compared being filled with the spirit to like a cup that's filled with water and uh, that that's 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 a bit of a problem because after it's been sitting on the table for a month, that water gets contaminated. Um, Someone else said, no, the Holy Spirit's cleansing work in my life is when the bottom of my cup is removed, and now my life is not a cup anymore, but it's a cylinder. My life has no bottom to it, and now this cylinder is just dropped into the crystal clear flowing river of the Holy Spirit, and I'm full of the Holy Spirit continually but it's continually fresh and it's new and it's cleansing and out of me flow rivers of living water Uh, the the beauty is that uh, the Holy Spirit wants to cleanse me continually and so we turn away from sin um, not because we fear God but because we love God and the temptations that come our way are going to separate us from God so the more we love God the stronger we are to to turn away from temptations
0: right so I I like what you said about the uh, armor I, I feel like maybe we don't talk enough about the armor of God. But as those temptations come, we put on the full armor. Paul speaks about that. Um, all of the pieces of the armor that protect us against um, right against uh, what the the sin that the, and the tempting us with.
1: And the truth is that Jesus died on the cross to set us free from sin. We, we're not forced to sin. We're not slaves to sin. Yeah. But if we do sin, we have an advocate, the Holy Spirit and, right. and Jesus. We can ask forgiveness. But we are not. Uh, we're not bound to sin.
0: Well, a lot of what you're talking about here then is seems to be the process of being sanctified. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? What is this well, process? The word
1: sanctification is a, is a big word. It, it includes initial sanctification, which is when I confess my sins and I repent and I become a child of God. That's what we call salvation. That's initial sanctification. Entire sanctification is when I yield my life completely to God. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm cleansed. I'm set apart for God's purposes. That's the entire sanctification. But then subsequent to that, we have this continued life uh, where we continue to grow in grace. So we're saved by grace, we're sanctified by grace, and we grow in grace, becoming more and more like Christ. The rebellion is now gone. And uh, we live this constant loving relationship with God. So that whole process is sanctification. And it actually culminates when I die in glorification when when I'm in the very presence of Jesus.
0: Um, You know, one of the things that... uh, i'm curious about and this comes really from my my daughter we've been talking about this she's beginning to grasp and understand uh not fully obviously but what it means to be sanctified how um she understands it now is just having the holy spirit within her you know Mm -hmm. we're working on some of the the language that we use in the church but uh the question from her was well dad how is it that the holy spirit lives in me do i like scrunch them into a little ball and shove them inside what does that look like I, and so i thought maybe you might be able to do a better job than me at explaining that i doubt that <laughs> i doubt that
1: very much um jesus did promise that he would send us the holy spirit in fact um john the baptist said i baptize with water but there's one coming who is the holy spirit he is greater than i and he will baptize you with fire in the holy spirit uh jesus said i will ask the father He will give you another advocate, another comforter, another friend to to help you, to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither knows him nor sees him, but you know him, and he lives with you and will be in you. So the Holy Spirit is is actually tabernacling in us. Our, Our life becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit we're the tent and now we are filled with the holy spirit so he's not just with us like jesus was with the disciples but he's actually in us and he comes to reside with us which is like a a holy spirit gps so now i don't just read the bible or listen to the preacher to know what to do the holy spirit is in
0: in me filling me and guiding me yeah so it's um it's that he's really he's with us it's almost like um man I don't want to speak out of turn here but if I have a a friend somebody who's who's with me who's helping me who's helping me to make those decisions you know we're living with uh the Holy Spirit but the the scripture teaches that he's he begins a tabernacle inside of us
1: for for me to uh even consider the fact that Almighty God would move from the Holy of Holies into my body just seems inconceivable and in uh, these days of coronavirus and w- with the panic and and you know the the tragedy of of those that have faced death and I know when my daughter died how much grieving we went through for that period of time we could hardly breathe hardly live I hate to think about the thousands today who are grieving and and we remember what the psalmist said even though I walk through the darkest valley I fear no evil you are with me Jesus said to the disciples fear not God said to Joshua fear not so fear is that paralyzing. We have to move from paralysis to being rational and thinking carefully and making wise choices but not being slaves to fear
0: yeah and i think that's important for us to hear in a time like this Mm -hmm. because as the holy spirit tabernacles with us as he's with us and helping us and the the word is in the greek i believe is paraclete right right as a a comforter um an advocate a strengthener yeah a a friend a strengthener that uh, is with us in these times and so when you begin to feel uh, dejected and lonely and i mean these are the times to cry out to him and remember that as we live a when, when we get saved he's he's with us Amen. um that's the initial sanctification you talked about and right. then when we surrender to him he he becomes even more strong in us and so it's in these times man that we've we've just got to cry out and uh, last week we said pray first and pray often that's right. Yeah, and uh, I think now everybody's praying often. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. More <laughs> than ever. More than ever. You know, one of the things that I've found in the church is the words we use, the mm-hmm. jargon of the church. Sometimes it gets confusing, People and people will say to me, um, you know, sanctification, what does it mean to be sanctified? Is that different from a second work of grace, or, you know, what words can we, how can we help explain these words? Well, as I mentioned, we're
1: initially sanctified when we, by saving grace, uh, are adopted and we become Christ's child. Um, we're entirely sanctified, when by sanctifying grace, we're f- fully yielded and filled with the Holy Spirit. And that has been referred to as a second work of grace. I, usually it's considered a subsequent. In other words, that there are, for most people, uh, a subsequent after being converted, uh, moving to being a Christian who has Christ in my life to being a Christian who has Christ on the throne of my life. Yeah. And of course, when we die, glorifying grace transforms us into into his presence. So. Uh, sanctification is that whole process and um, the, the, the 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 fact of the matter is I want all that God has for me so I'm searching for God and seeking after God and God will guide us God will show us the next steps and, uh, and fill us with the spirit
0: yeah. you know one of the, the dangers of some of the, the words that we use when I was a young youth pastor I couldn't quite articulate what I was trying to say and I used this, uh, the word uh, Christian perfection with uh, one of my teens. I almost lost him over that because he said, well, there's no way I can be perfect. And if I can't be perfect, then I might as well not even try. Yeah. So it took me a little time to reel him back in and say, no, no, no. I'm not trying to say that you'll be perfect or that you'll never sin again but so this term christian perfection that um and i believe wesley's the one who coined that right right um is something we hear in our church christian perfection can you explain that
1: well actually jesus coined that phrase <laughs> <laughs> on, sermon on, the, on the sermon on the sermon on the mount jesus said be perfect yeah. even as uh, your heavenly father is perfect so what does that word perfect mean Telios in greek uh, what does it mean to be complete uh, as spirit-filled christians we are perfected disciples in the making were perfected in the process. Uh, We were missionaries in the Dominican Republic. We had this huge, beautiful avocado tree. And I'd go out there and and I'd see these tiny avocados just literally covering that whole tree. They were rock hard and they were tiny. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were perfect avocados. There was nothing wrong with them. There was no worms, there was no disease. They were absolutely perfect avocados, but you couldn't make guacamole (laughs) with those. (laughs) You had to wait until they became mature, Mm -hmm. until they became ripe. And as Christians, we can be perfect because our relationship with God is not rebellion. We're perfectly obedient. We're doing all we know to do. And we are perfect for the stage of development where we're supposed to be. We're not lagging behind. We're up to date, following the Lord, becoming more and more like Christ, maturing more and more. So we're perfect at each stage. So perfection is not that immaturity that we think of. It's perfect in process.
0: Sure. I like that. That's a great way to describe it. Um, perfect where we're at and uh, as long as we stay with following the holy spirit and what he wants for us and uh and the the river like you said with full of the holy spirit then we'll continue to to be perfect that's awesome all right another word that uh speaking of christian or uh i guess christian jargon especially in the church of the nazarene is holiness Uh, you know we hear the word holiness all the time and um be holy and and what does it mean to be holy um heart holiness is one that uh especially some of the that i grew up hearing a lot uh, some of the old timers might say is there a difference between holiness and heart holiness uh, can you explain this to us well i i, I would start by saying that
1: holiness is likeness, and christlikeness is holiness so when jesus broke the power of sin and satan and death uh, he did that to set us free from from sin you know the angels are singing at the throne of god holy 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 and that same holy god wants us to live a holy life Mm -hmm. and jesus gave his life to break the power of sin and to destroy those antichrist attitudes in us so it's as i grow in christ likeness i am growing in holiness and becoming more and more like my god who is holy
0: yeah i like that um I heard somebody say we are being formed into the image of Christ it's, right. that is being restored in us. So.
1: And Paul, when he wrote to the Thessalonian Christians, he said, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, completely. Yeah. And may, you, may your whole spirit, soul, body and be kept blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. So Jesus is calling us. To be filled with the holy spirit and this god of peace not this god of fear or this god of threat but this god of peace will sanctify us through and through and continue to sanctify us as we are submerged in the crystal clear floyd river of the holy spirit mm-hmm. and then the the more time we spend growing in in likeness of christ then we, we see the fruit of the holy spirit the fruit of the holy spirit becomes more and more mature when you're first filled with the spirit you don't have mature love it takes a lifetime of learning to be mature in your love and your joy peace forbearance kindness goodness this is what you want your children to be your right. children want you to be this way we sure. want all politicians to be this way to have the fruit of the spirit and i would say the best definition of of a holy life is to truly love god and to truly love the people around me yeah. and to do that with genuine transparency the word holiness is a scriptural biblical word but on the streets genuine transparency is understood if you're a car salesman or you know if you're a businessman. People want genuine transparency, right. and that—that that is holiness, in the best definition.
0: <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I like that. You know, we—I um, I was uh, just curious about your story and testimony. And you have connections in our church here. Um, You—you know some of the people, or or have been, you know. So probably some people know your story, but um, just curious if maybe you could share a little bit about your story. Um, being saved, being sanctified?
1: Well, I was uh, I was five years old, and uh, I knelt at the altar of prayer there in Barrazas, Carolina, Puerto Rico. My father was a missionary, and I knew that as a five-year-old, I knew I was a sinner, and so I knelt and prayed. I was born again, and I knew that I, I, I had Christ in my life. And then during the proceeding years as a teenager, I, I actually consecrated myself several times, seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but. Perhaps the most memorable experience was when I was 19 years of age. I was a senior in college. I was dating Tony off and on because I would date her for a while and then she would say, no more dating. You're gonna be a missionary. I don't have a missionary call. You can't date me anymore. And then whenever I'd see her, we'd start talking again. I'd I'd invite her out again and we start dating again. And uh, one weekend we were in a spiritual enrichment retreat. We were at Southern Nazarene University, back then Bethany Nazarene College and we were in the Arbuckle Mountains which is kind of an insult to the word mountain but you know the little hills in, in Oklahoma <laughs> and uh, there in Oklahoma these, they had this retreat and, and uh, all the couples during the free time were going for walks you know through the woods and and getting a rowboat in the lake and I so I invited Tony for a walk or invited Tony to go in the rowboat and she rejected me on every count I felt devastated it was the evening of the, the final evening of the retreat and all these College kids were testifying how wonderful God is in, in my life and et cetera, and I felt like a cold fish, so I, I felt like I'd, I would ruin the spirit of the meeting if I stayed there. So I walked outside. It was a moonlit night, and I walked down the trail to the steps going down to the lake. And when I started walking down the steps, I, I decided to let every step symbolize some area of my life that I was going to consecrate to God. So I, I consecrated to God my future, my money, my family, my career, everything. And uh, I got down to the very last step after I had surrendered everything to God and the Holy Spirit whispered, will you, will you be willing to obey me and be a failure? And my last surrender was my reputation. And when I surrendered the reputation to God, I felt the Holy Spirit, like the little gentle waves on that lake, just filled in loving me and embracing me and cleansing me and sanctifying me. And, and I knew that uh, I had been received by God and I had been cleansed and set apart for his purposes. Now from that time on, there have been many times I've had to go back to that same altar again and re-consecrate aspects or areas of my life the Holy Spirit showed me that have taken, I've taken control again. So it's sanctification, it's initial, but, but it's, uh, it's a forever thing. It, it's kind of like my marriage to Tony. Um, we talk about a crisis experience. Well, that, that define what is a crisis experience. It's a memorable event that you'll never forget. You know, it's a crisis experience so getting married was a crisis experience i mean it was a it was a big deal i mean i promised thanks to my father-in-law to god and to that pastor you know whatever that you know i I made all the promises but i can assure you that that's not enough that in these 48 years 49 years now of, of being with tony as her husband i i make decisions every day that affirm the vows that i made at that altar so entire sanctification is that moment of getting married but then bless god Every day I make a lot of decisions, every day I make decisions that affirm and continue to keep me in step with the Spirit as a Spirit-filled believer. Uh, A few years ago, my wife and I were in Ukraine, this is slide number 20, and uh, we we were there, we heard a pastor in Ukraine preach this amazing message. Why did Jesus give us the Holy Spirit? And he said, first of all, that we would never be lost the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you and guide you. So my peace, I leave you. And I, I, it's, this is an amazing passage of Scripture. Jesus gives me the Holy Spirit so that I will never be lost again. This GPS, the Holy Spirit guiding me, answering questions, teaching me, showing me the way. And a lot of times we do feel lost, but never again. And secondly, the Holy Spirit came that we would never be alone. I'll ask the Father. He'll give you the advocate the spirit of truth the world can't accept him etc but you have you you've known him he lives in you he'll be in you i will not leave you orphans i will come to you so the awesome truth is the holy spirit now you never look in the mirror and say i'm all alone no one cares no one knows i'm here and no one no it's not true I, i'll never be lost again because of the holy spirit in me guiding me i'll never be alone again because the holy spirit continually embraces me and loves me and cares for me and so it is that uh, that we we have to ask a question do we have any idea how much god loves us do you have any idea Cal, how much god loves us Uh, paul says to us in uh, romans 8 who shall separate us from the love of christ shall trouble hardship persecution famine nakedness danger sword coronavirus as it's written for your sake we face death all day long we're considered like sheep to the slaughter but no in all these things We are more than conquerors through him who loved us i'm convinced paul said that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither things present nor the future nor any 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 powers neither height nor death nor anything else in the creation anything nothing will ever separate us from the love of god that is in christ jesus so it's a beautiful truth that god loves us so much he sent jesus to the cross and jesus loves us so much he sent us the holy spirit the Holy Spirit loves us so much. He fills us, cleanses us, empowers us, and commissions us. Hmm. Praise God.
0: That's good. That's good. So in this particular time, everybody's quarantined, and um, you know, most people we see are abiding by it. I know that at least on our street, our neighbors, nobody's really leaving except for to maybe go to the grocery store and get the supplies they need or whatever. Wearing
1: a mask, of course. Yeah, <laughs> oh, by the way, my son made this. I'll give it to you.
0: Okay. Your son made it for you?
1: Yeah. This is made from an air filter. You cut the kind that's supposed to keep everything out of your house and it's real, real fine. Okay. It's really good. Real good.
0: Uh, In this time, how can we attend to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives while we, I mean, you know, a lot of times it's easier when you come to the church. You you feel different. You, You have the camaraderie of people. What is it we can do? And I know this wasn't yeah, a pre- sure. prepared question, but um, what, what is it that you can do or that we can do? How can, how can we help encourage people or give a, um, a practical piece of advice that they can attend to the work of the Spirit in their lives during this time?
1: Well, Cal, you remember the story of Mary and Martha where Mary was wasting time sitting at the feet of Jesus, doing nothing productive, just listening, listening, listening to Jesus while Martha was in the kitchen cooking, cleaning. She got upset, exasperated. And Jesus said that, mary selected the most important thing uh, my wife has the spirit of mary she every morning is in the word and has quiet time and it gets frustrated if i interrupt her quiet time she she wants to have that quiet time just listening reading the word and, and writing in her journal i wish i had more of that i'm i'm more than martha i get up and answer emails and get busy doing things for jesus when when the Lord is kind of saying, I wish you'd spend more time just listening to me. So the first thing to live the holy life, I think, is, is to learn the discipline of separating time. And thanks to my wife, I've become better at this. Thanks to my wife's nurturing kick in the rear help, <laughs> I've, I've, I've learned the urgency of taking time just to listen to God, read the word, and pray. But then of course we have this incredible opportunity now to communicate with people, pray with people, people praying for us on the internet. We have this uh, amazing capability now through the connection we have. And what a privilege it is to read and listen to messages uh, and to be encouraged and inspired. Last Sunday, after I listened to your message, Cal, then I listened to messages in California and then I waited for one in Hawaii, uh, you know, just across the time zones. What a privilege it is now to just keep seeking more of God and getting closer to god
0: yeah and that would be my encouragement as well you have this time um some people seek out a monastic life you know like the monks you all know the monks and they they find a a a space and go to a place where there's nothing and i mean people pay to go do that and uh now by virtue of what's going on around us we're we're required to so take the time find a, a space to get alone um to sit at the feet of jesus i too tend to be a martha in fact I feel like I've probably worked more in the last – don't tell the board. I feel like I've worked more in the last two weeks than um, I have in a while just yeah. because uh, staying connected or trying right. to reach out and, you know, all of the things involved. So um, I would encourage you, as uh, as Jerry did, to just find that time, man, to use this time to to seek God because when it, when it stops, and it will, it's going to get crazy again. By God's grace. Yeah, and life is going to – yeah, by the grace of God. Life is going to catch up to us and, um, you know, use this time to draw close to him. And then if I can encourage you through a journey with the Holy Spirit to um, and I can't go back to the slide now, but the one that illustrates before we know Jesus and then when we know Jesus um, and then when we allow him to be the to sit on the throne of our life. Um, Man, what a great time to kind of practice those steps. Begin to give things to Him. Uh, Seek out uh, what in your life you need the Holy Spirit to help you with, that you want to give up, surrender to Him. And remember that He is, and I use this so often, that He is our comforter. Yes. Um, Man, I have found myself just um, sometimes just tearfully praying, crying out, God, I don't understand. Why is this going on? I need help to know there's so many things that, so many people hurting in the world so many people have been affected by this so many deaths have happened um people that we know in our church have been affected in different ways and uh i just sometimes it's in those times that i in my mind's uh, my mind's eye i, I reach out and, and just want to take his hand and say holy spirit i just need you to come for me right now would you just be with me in this time and um and it, and, it, and it happens. He does it for me. So if I could encourage you in any way. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit, who He is, and that He can do these things for you. And I, I'm just uh, grateful, Jerry, that you would help us with that. You know, and as I, I think about um, the the clarifying words that we've been talking about these things, and uh, maybe some of you, if I didn't explain it correctly or uh, appropriately, that it could be easier to understand and I appreciate your experience in that and, and taking time to do that with us. So um, here in a moment, the band's going to come up, and we're going to uh, end with a, a song. We did this last week, and I want to do it again this week. Um, we would be taking communion together today. And uh, I just would like, if you don't mind, to begin to think about um, spending that time with God. How can I f- get alone with Him today? And uh, what can I do? Um to spend time special with him. so And I want to say thank you for being with us today and doing this online with us. Um, and I uh, hope you understand that it's been a treat for me, and I hope a treat for you, uh, that Jerry Porter would take the time to come over here and, um, and speak to us about the Holy Spirit and, and who the Holy Spirit is and how he can be with us in this time. So, man, God bless you all.